0: Welcome back to the latest episode of the Short Term Rentals podcast, now on episode eight. My name is Paul Stevens, news editor of Short Term Rentals, and today I'm speaking to Mickey Kropp, who is the founder and CEO of Vector Travel, which is a short term rental management company that partners directly with multifamily owners and property management companies seeking to monetize vacant units in stabilized or leased up multifamily buildings. <laughs> Hi, Mickey. How are you doing?
1: Hey, Paul. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: And where are you joining us from today?
1: I'm talking to you from my home, or not my home, my, uh, my home market, our, uh, our headquarters in Jacksonville, Florida.
0: So, um, as you know, today we're going to be talking about the impact that the pandemic has had on revenue, ADR, and length of stay. The increasing need to diversify channels where operators are getting their bookings from. And also optimism for the future of a short-term rental industry beyond this pure survival phrase. So, uh, Mickey, my first question is: um, How has Vector Travel been personally affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, and how have you been forced to adapt to this new environment, this new normal?
1: <clears throat> yeah, thank you. We we were hit pretty hard. So I I should say we are a U.S.-based company and. Um, you know, our, our, our inventory is in the US. So all of this data, and I think the timing of it that we'll go through is, uh, is you know, framed within the context of the US. <clears throat> I'm sure if we were to talk to an operator out of China, all of this would have been true just sooner. Um, and so, so yeah, so we were hit pretty hard. Um, we, we were of course following the news globally. So out of China, then Italy, um, I would say, we were a little slow to connect the dots though on what the impacts would really be here um, in the us and in our markets we're in about 25 different us cities and uh and so in general we feel fairly well diversified but in the context of a global pandemic um (laughs) of course everybody in the lodging and and travel industry more broadly was was negatively impacted so the the day when it really hit me was um the Friday of South by Southwest. So it was a very last minute cancellation. Uh, we operate in Austin and we saw, you know, all of a sudden the cancellation spike, um, seven to eight X of, of what normal cancellation data was. In fact, cancellations per day, w- really wasn't even a, a KPI of ours. It wasn't something we tracked um, just because it was always within a normal band and, and didn't seem to impact anything. All of a sudden the world changed and, uh, and you know, well, it was unfortunate for our clients in Austin. I started seeing that that as the potential initial domino here in the states, and sure enough, that that bore out. Um, so, you know, the the cancellations started outpacing new booking confirmations around that time, and then that continued for a full month for us. Um, so, just to think about that, uh, you know, you're you're dealing with cancellations you're dealing with refunds there's a log jam a backlog uh, within each ota where we distribute and and so you're seeing your numbers sort of fall and then you're not able to replace them uh as normal you know you're seeing your your daily booking volumes go way down and and so really um we knew it was going to be a rough ride right then march total revenues ended at a level that was generally acceptable i think part of that was just because of uh because of seasonality and, and, and because, you know, this realization was hit sort of mid, mid month as opposed to earlier in the month for most consumers. And, um, and yeah, and I think then it, was, then it was in April and we just didn't know how long it would persist. Um, we were feeling the pain, we were trying to do anything we could, working to adapt. But, uh, but April was probably about 40 to 45% of the budgeted total revenues and uh And you know thankfully, things have opened up since may um and we can we can go into that a little bit more too
0: um and from your own uh, experience in the sector, what would you say what what are the trends you're seeing with regards to revenue um a d r length of stay, for example um as a result of a pandemic, and then from that do you, do you also expect these effects to be long-lasting or to subside, um, basically as lockdowns ease across the world?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I I don't think too much of this is permanent um, in terms of in terms of occupancy, revenue, and so ultimately revpar. Um, I think it's it will be a long recovery and. <clears throat> You know it's it's got to be layered on top of the backdrop of seasonality and uh and i think you know we can get lured into thinking that we're doing so much better right now and really part of this lift is uh is just seasonality starting to help but uh but still i, I think i think uh this won't last corporate travelers will have to travel again though, though you know that's still pretty minor and and leisure travelers you know they want to get out and and we're seeing certain types of consumption now, um, namely dry market sort of consumption. And and we're not even fully back. Some of our markets are still closed. But uh, but yeah to to speak to some of the data points, um, really from February to March we had flat ADR, uh, which that in itself is is abnormal. Um, you know, normally March with seasonality that, that ADR increase would be material. Um, and and then March to April, this is where it got pretty ugly. Uh, negative Negative forty percent in terms of ADR. So, thankfully, now in hindsight, I mean, it's a one-month blip, at least for now. Um, so we were up about nine percent. So call it ten percent in May in terms of ADR. And then May to June, uh, we're not we're not done. I mean, we're just starting the month really, but it's already up fifteen to twenty percent. And so the trend looks good, at least for now. And again, you know. We recognize that it's layered on top of better seasonality and that will continue to improve through the summer. But, uh, but you know, we're not going to, we're not going to sleep on it either. We're going to continue to manage everything. Um, in terms of occupancy rates, we, I mean, we definitely got hit, uh, but with those ADR decreases, we were able to keep occupancy up at a, at a decent level, uh, at least in the markets we were allowed to operate. And so kind of went from, 70% or so in February down into the 50% range in, in April and then May was back up to 75 plus percent. We, we, should, we should do that or better in June. Um, some other data points did shift too, uh, which were kind of interesting to track. So things like length of stay and, and the advanced booking window. Uh, advanced booking window just being how far out somebody plans their trip and and goes goes ahead and books their lodging. Um, You know, call it two to three weeks uh, in a normal situation, maybe up to four, depends on the the time of year for our types of inventory. We saw that get down as low as two days, the booking window um, back in April. And that was pretty scary because it's it's just hard to predict what's coming down the pipe. You, You just don't have much of a a view into any of these data points that we're talking about in the moment, uh, because it's, it's happening so last minute. But that is back up um, now into the uh, looks like almost 30-day range now, um, 20, 25 days or so. So that's that's been a great improvement. And then we did see the length of stay increase significantly. One of the one of the changes we made operationally was to allow 30-plus day stays. something we never had done in the past. And so um, that plus the promotion by Airbnb of what they're calling midterm stays, um, I think caused a lift there. So a lift to the length of stay um, of, of about two X. And um, and then it also increased the percentage of bookings that we got, or percentage of total revenue, I should say, that we got through Airbnb as opposed to some of the
0: other channels through which we distribute. I um, and then, How important do you think it's going to be now for um, operators to be diversifying the channels where they're getting their bookings from now on and how much, I know we've already talked about this a little bit, but how much of an impact do you think this is going to have on driving these high occupancy rates? For example, like we're seeing in um, states such as uh, Florida and Alabama,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it was important previously to be diversified across various channels and, and to invest in direct bookings uh, as best you know an operator can. We're, we're one that generally tries to go with the the tide a little bit and um, just make sure we really optimize well on the OTAs. And then we have a direct booking activity, but it's really kind of centered around our clients and our and our clients' residents, um, almost like an amenity within their properties. So we don't we don't push that too much out to to consumers, except to past guests, um, and we've done more of that during the pandemic, and and that's that's been successful for certain um, certain markets and certain clients. We um, we think that uh, the the mid stay is a positive improvement. I think it's um, you know it's pulling in really a um, a demand case that that is more akin to um, corporate housing demand in the past, and I think. You're seeing some of that shift as as you know, professional operators tick the tr- trust and safety um, requirements and the duty of care. It opens up that door for that booking activity to actually happen on these channels. And at the same time, you know, we've been pushing uh, just generally to be exposed to that. So we're on you know, corporate GDS sites, Sabre, Apollo, and so forth. Uh, we've even sought out other OTAs you know, to the to the point of diversification. Um, there's a military OTA now that we've, that we've uh, started working with upstart, but they have some demand and and there's an overlap with some of our inventory. And so, you know, while that maybe doesn't drive much in terms of our entire portfolio with a single property or a single client um, particular, you know, a single unit that you're you're working to fill the calendar, working to drive returns that can make all the difference. And so um, I, I think, We'll continue to look for new channels, and then we'll also continue to, to work to optimize. But uh, our trend had been a lower and lower percentage of bookings from Airbnb. And now that, you know, that's actually shifted uh, of late with, with this new environment, and we'll see where that shakes out.
0: Um, and I guess my final question would be, um, thinking quite generally, but how optimistic are you now the future of the short-term rental industry now we're seeing more of this merging towards mid-term stays and when do you believe operators can now look forward to um thriving rather than just uh, and actually move on from this pure um survival phase
1: yeah well we're we're there now um, at least in my view i mean we uh we looked we closed out may and it was on know a really positive note and we've been able to actually grow we've been able to sign new clients during this downturn so you know don't get me wrong we didn't know where the bottom would be uh while things were falling in april but we we just took the approach of let's control what we can let's make some quick moves um so you know it was it was around the marketing and all that but it's also around the the asset care so increased cleaning procedures um you know using UV lights, gloves, uh, wiping all hard surfaces, taking units offline if there's a suspected case, uh, increasing the period you know from which the guest checks out and the housekeeping team goes in. All of these things were were you know new and different activities for us. But I also think they they, they may just be more sustainable uh, going forward. You know we we're dealing with the coronavirus pandemic right now in a vaccineless environment, but you know we we have I don't know what it is maybe half the population every year that doesn't get a flu vaccine right and so uh, and then we have just normal coronavirus cases not not novel coronavirus cases and maybe maybe some of these new practices will will limit some of the that exposure going forward um, and, and really have some positive effects so we'll see but yeah I think um, I think the short-term middle industry is, is ultimately going to be positively impacted by this and what I mean by that is um, you know I think this has caused a uh, a reckoning with with business models. Um, I think it's exposed the weakness of the lease arbitrage model of, of short-term rental operators going out leasing entire buildings, leasing blocks of units, and um, and then seeking the arbitrage opportunity. But it's exposed the fact that that's really hard to do at scale. It's hard to do across um, you know even penetrating a single market, much less. Uh, you know, markets nationally or internationally, and especially when you're investing heavily in your own technology, and you're building out a really you know large team of of the best and, and brightest uh, that want to work on such issues. So, so I think it's caused uh, a shift toward really our business model. You know, the one that that uh, we were kind of crazy to launch with, I think, in the multifamily space back in early 2018. But you know, thankfully, uh, we were able to gain some traction by 2019, and we grew by. You know, really 5% a week over 300% a year in 2019. And I think what we're gonna see now is is more competitive, those that, that made it through this, um, they're gonna shift into more of the revenue share model. Maybe there's a, maybe there's, you know, some new hybrid that comes of it. And, uh, and then, you know, these operators are gonna be forced, I think, even if they're VC backed, we're not, we're a bootstrap company that has just grown and we continue to invest in our own operation, but we're gonna see them have to worry about unit economics more. We're gonna see them, you know, Work to deliver a great guest experience, but also be profitable. Uh, it can't just be about the top line growth. You have to manage both. Um, which, of course, right? Um, and and I think we're we're seeing the the issues with speed over efficiency at least applied in the um, in the real estate world at Best Prop Tech, right? So so you still have to have your margins. Um, you still have to to run a responsible business, at least break even in a uh, in a real estate related business.
0: Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Mickey, and for being the latest guest on the podcast. Thank you, Paul. And uh, finally, just a reminder that you can follow all of the latest news, features, and opinions from the global short-term rental industry on shorttermrentals.com, where you can also sign up to our weekly newsletters, which come out every Monday and now on Thursdays as well. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.